0: Hey, everyone, this is Mike here with Toying Around, and today I have a very special guest. Um, I was lucky enough, almost as a rib to my buddy, I reached out to one of his favorite bands, Prince Daddy and the Hyena, their lead singer, Corey Gregory, and he actually got back to me. So I'm going to sit down with him today, and we're going to toy around with a couple different subjects. We're going to talk about music, we're going to talk about pop culture, we're going to talk a little bit about him, and we're going to talk about my favorite thing, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, uh, yeah, Corey, thank you for joining me today.
1: Yes, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, like I was just telling you, you know, you guys are you're exploding over the past year, especially with the release of Cosmic Thrill Seekers. So the fact that you're sitting down and talking to me, it's pretty damn cool for me.
1: It's cool for me to be here, honestly. I appreciate you having me. Seriously, so, thank
0: you. you no, know, I appreciate it, man. Um, so I got into you, actually, because... Good buddy of mine, Dan, who was my first guest. He's been a fan of yours for a very long time. Right on. And he's turned me on to a couple of bands over the past few years. I really got into Pup and Roswell Kid through him.
1: Hell yes. Hell yes. Those are some of my favorites. Amazing.
0: And uh, yeah. he sent me you guys maybe, I want to say, two years ago. And he was like, hey, man, check out this album. Uh, there's a Ninja Turtle reference in the first song. <laughs> oh God, man, I can't go wrong with that, right? And I, I gave you guys a listen. And I think it was maybe the state of mind I was in. I I didn't dig you, I just couldn't get into it. And I the, fucked
1: your honesty.
0: <laughs> and you know what? The same thing happened to me when I was in middle school. Uh boy sets fire. Did you ever hear them?
1: Uh, it sounds vaguely familiar.
0: They they retired about 10 years ago. Now they're back. And I don't think their stuff is what it was back in their heyday. But, you know, I heard this song by them, My Life in the Knife Trade. And it's a slower song. They're they're a very aggressive band. And I really liked My Life in the Knife Trade. So I went out and I bought their album after the eulogy. And -hmm. the first song just punches you right in the face. And I was like, man, this sucks. This isn't what I'm into. And I couldn't get into it. I picked up the album again about a year later. And like I said, they became one of my all time favorite bands. I think it was just, you know, music is such a, a personal thing. I mean, you yeah. you can obviously attest to that.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent.
0: And I just think the state of mind I was in when I was listening to it, the, where I was in my life just didn't gel with me. Right. That being said, yeah. cosmic thrill seekers. He sent me uh you guys had released Lauren before the sound, before the CD came out. Yeah. And, he sent me that. He's like, Hey, give him another chance. I was like, this is, this is good. I like this. Cool. The Album came out and I'm not, I'm not jerking you off because you're talking to me right now. I must listen to cosmic thrill seekers four or five times a week. My wife is (laughs) sick of it. I listen to it all the time. And, and I, I think part of that, and I want you to talk to me about this a little bit is because Uh I think for you, it's such a personal experience. Oh yeah. I mean, I've read a few of the interviews you did. Uh, I guess when it had come out last year, and and you know, I'm not going to give away too much, but I want to talk to me about that. Talk to me about the experience of writing that album and and just everything that went into it.
1: Um, yeah, it was definitely very personal. I I was describing it as as, as selfish for a long time. Me writing that record, um, it was kind of therapeutic in a way. It was. Um, I feel like my main mission statement throughout writing that record for for like three years kind of um, acted as a blueprint for uh, recovery, I guess. Yeah, for, like it, it helped it helped it bring me cl- clarity personally, not just creatively. Like, and that's that's and, amazing to hear. Yeah, here. yeah,
0: and yeah. You- Started writing that even before the release of the uh, your other album, right?
1: Yeah, I, I started. I started writing this record. Uh, I lost my life was there was a demo of I lost my life, the first track out in the wilds, like before we even recorded the first record. Yeah,
0: that's amazing to see that all come to fruition, right? After all yeah. that time,
1: it's very know. rewarding. It, it feel it, it's very very rewarding. Yeah, I'm very. Yeah. Something I can picture myself being proud of uh, for a long time.
0: And from what I had read in an interview, this was all from an acid trip, right? Um, or at least in part?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yes. I wouldn't say all, but I, that was definitely the catalyst for um, conceptualizing what I wanted the album to be. Um, it was just kind of um, the, 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 the moment that kind of put some puzzle pieces together for me and made some stuff click and um, fall into an organized place where I was able to um, uh, write songs with a specific destination in mind, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does a little
0: bit. I mean, I'm not a a writer or anything like that. And uh, let me, let me jump back a little bit, even, you know, should have done this before. So Prince Daddy and the Hyena is your band. Yes. You're the guitarist, vocalist, and the mm-hmm. songwriter for him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. correct. I'm not going to ask you where the name comes from. Because, <laughs> uh, for, <laughs> for two reasons. One, you're like a Kaiser Soze motherfucker. You don't give anybody the real answer. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know if you follow pro wrestling at all. I do not. There, there was a wrestler CM Punk. Who um you know? Anytime oh, I know he, CM Punk. I know okay, CM Punk. So, Yeah, he's all over the place, right? So anytime anybody would ask him what CM means, he'd give you a different answer.
1: Right? Yeah, uh, that's my thing. I do that a lot.
0: <laughs> and I know you've gotten that probably a hundred times this weekend alone. So I'm not going to ask you what, <laughs> where it comes from, but I I do want to know where's the hyena?
1: Where is it? As in, where does it come from, or where is he currently? Yeah,
0: where, where is he? I I was expecting him to uh, be on with you.
1: He uh he's taking a nap for now. yeah Yeah, my pup's downstairs taking a
0: nap too yeah if you hear her barking in the background she wants to go outside (laughs) (laughs) so uh all right cosmic thrill seekers uh i can't say enough positive things about this album damn man That that means
1: a lot to me honestly you saying that you didn't like the first record but like this record is more of a compliment to me than you saying you like both records you, I'm not going to lie to you. No, you, you
0: totally turned me around on this album. Uh,
1: that is that is that is a way higher praise to me you, than you saying, like, yeah, I love both records. You saying that you didn't like the first one and like this one is as high praise as I can get. And I really appreciate that. It means a lot. Thank well,
0: I, I mean, I I think most people do. it. You know, I suffer from depression, nothing clinically, uh, right. you know, confirmed. But I mean, everybody gets down, right? And uh, the past few years have been emotionally been a little, little down for me. I've been on... For sure on it the uh, mend hopefully but there's so many so many of the songs and so many of the lyrics just really spoke to me on this and Hell yeah. um, as personal as it was for you I feel like I've almost adapted it into like my or adopted it I should say into my own little anthem and uh-huh. no matter what mood I'm in it just it lifts me up and I you know that's that's what music should be about
1: yeah and, yeah. and
0: I'm I'm no musician in any right um but you know, I I so thank you for putting this album out. Thank you, Dan, for turning me on. You guys and, I mean, and continuously peer pressuring me into continuing <laughs> to listen to you. Right, he was at your show. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know where you guys played. It was maybe a month, but within the past month, it had to be. I guess in New Jersey or New York. Did you do any shows there lately?
1: Uh, I I don't think we have in the past. No, no,
0: it wasn't your show. I'm sorry. You were the, you were at a show, maybe. Um, it was Jeff Rosenstock or Chris Farron. Yes, Chris Farron.
1: Yes, it was Chris you... Farron. Max's retirement party, probably. Yes.
0: So he, yeah, I went he on to Ran into you the in thing. the audience, and uh, he spoke to you at a couple of your shows. Right on. And he texted me the next morning. I asked him how the show was, and he, he told me he was talking to you. And he go, <laughs> I go, did you did you fucking plug my podcast, man? I've been trying to get him on. Have you plugged it? And he's like, no, I didn't think of it. Like, you fucking blew it. <laughs> like well, you blew it for me. He's never they're gonna do it. Man. You're here now and I'm, I'm still going to attribute it to him. Um, <laughs> so, you know, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: What's your, uh, what's your favorite song on the album or what's your favorite song to play live?
1: <laughs> uh, my favorite Prince daddy song to play live. Yeah. Um, uh, I find myself really like, I like playing. I lost my life. The first track because. uh, a lot of, there's a big portion of it that's just me playing guitar and singing and there's a lot of room for me to hear if the audience is into it like if if, if the audience is into it i can usually hear them over my own voice and that's usually pretty special to me that's and i awesome. yeah like the first time the first show we played after cts came out it was the first show of the cts the Cosmic throw Sakers tour it was in boston and uh we opened with that song and like not, not even being able to hear my own voice over people no, like screaming along and uh, knowing the lyrics already to an album that came out like a week ago is very, very, very important and uh, pretty monumental to me. Yeah. That meant that was very special.
0: And I think it, again, I mean, I'm no musician, but I think at the level that you guys are at, you're playing these intimate shows, you could hear all that so much better. And just the whole environment is so much more, so much more like a community oh,
1: a yeah. family
0: at these events
1: oh yeah yeah absolutely it, it's it's very intimate we, um i mean that's kind of our we like to make that our thing as much as possible as you know like inc- inclusivity and just trying to um make it a spot where you know there could be some uh some people could have some cathartic moments you know i would i would love to supply a a environment to people like that other bands did for me when i was a kid like when i was seeing like uh i don't know like punk bands when i was seeing like i don't know rancid or when i was seeing realistically like real big fish or some shit like that you know yeah. what i'm saying like like just just like punk bands and and just like bands with a certain kind of energy where i feel like the performance is kind of irrelevant and it's just the 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 energy in the room is what is what is really impactful and i i, I think that's what's most important to me about a Prince princetti live show is just um everything that just the unscripted stuff you know the stuff that that is, is impossible to plan
0: and i don't think anybody can argue i mean i certainly can't argue that anything against that i mean I mean, even you just being on this podcast, you're you don't know me from anyone. You're giving back to to your fans. You're giving back to me, who you don't know, and and you're just you're elevating me and my show just by appearing on it, which I can't thank you enough for.
1: I I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Honestly, truly, thank thank you. Uh, I'm happy to be spending my days doing this. This is fun. Uh, it's
0: awesome. So you. You know, I heard you were on another podcast this weekend. You mentioned how much support you've gotten from your parents. Talk to me a little bit yep. about that, because I feel like that's something that not a lot of people do get, yeah. especially with something. I mean, it, becoming a musician, it's almost like a pipe dream, right? How many people actually make it? So to get right. that kind of support, talk to me about that a little bit.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, my dad is like, honestly, the re- the reason this band it has been doing everything it's been doing, Um, my dad got me into punk music. My dad got me my first guitar. My dad got me today's greatest hits as my first CD. My, my dad suggested throwing shows at the house. Like my, my dad has made everything possible that my dad has, um, made everything that made being in a band possible. He made all that, uh, reality and, uh, yeah, I I think I'm really lucky to be in that position. I I don't think I don't think we'd be anywhere near where we are now if it wasn't for my father.
0: And that's incredible to hear, right? Because like I said, you don't hear that too often and almost similar. I mean, I'm a teacher, but I went to school for business and I took a long time afterwards, after I graduated, to figure out what the hell I wanted to do. Um, and I, I dicked around with you know, quite a few different jobs. I did IT work before I got into teaching and stuff like that. What did you do prior to Prince Daddy and the Hyena?
1: Uh, Prince Daddy started essentially immediately after I graduated from high school. Oh, wow. So, I mean, just going to school, I worked at like Panera Bread for two years. Just little things like that. And while Prince Daddy was like getting off, you know, before we were making any money off Prince Daddy, I was – Work Again, thanks to my dad, I, I I was working, me and Cameron, our guitarist, were working for my dad. He owns a couple of vacuum businesses in the capital region of New York. And we would, me and Cameron would just, uh, you know, Monday through Friday, go clean houses and apartment complexes and office buildings and, you know, just vacuum them and wipe their windows and just like manual labor, you know, for like the first like maybe two years, two or three years of Prince Daddy. Me and Cameron were doing that for my dad on our time off while well, in between tours.
0: So you mentioned that your dad had gotten you your first uh, like punk albums and Green Day's Greatest Hits. Is that how you got into music?
1: Yes, 100%.
0: And what was it that ultimately made you decide this is what I want to do in my life?
1: Uh... Ah, I, I mean, the, the <laughs> it, it, it's it's hard to say, you know, it was, it was so long ago. But I mean, I guess just like s- there was definitely some kind of mystic aura that like uh, made me gravitate towards it, you know, like so something about the energy of like listening to, to, to like Green Day's greatest hits when you're in fifth grade is like very, very like magical in a sense, you know. Like that sounds so cheesy, but like honestly, like that is like, when you're in fifth grade, hearing Green Day's greatest hits for the first time, you're like, "Holy shit! Like this is something else," you know? Yeah. And I don't yeah. think I don't I don't think there's not much. I mean, at least prior to that moment, there was not much that ever compared to that kind of mysticism of of, of like uh, just kind of otherworldly almost. Does that make sense? Like like it, like there's there's nothing that happens when you go through grade school or when you go through daycare or like regular everyday life that like prepares you for like your introduction to punk rock, you know, that sounds sounds so cheesy, but like, it's like, it's, I I mean it like it's, it's something very different from everything else.
0: But that's music, man. Right. That, that just the effect it has on you.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's, it's an inexplicable thing, but it's definitely there. Yeah.
0: So talk to me about young Corey. What were you into as a kid? Uh, Would you like to do any hobbies besides music? Uh, What else?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, guitar for me, like playing guitar for me, wasn't like a real true passion, passion until late, late, like high school. I learned how to play guitar in like fifth grade, probably, but like just like kind of casually fucking around with like Green Day and Weezer and Stroke songs and stuff, you know. Not not writing my own music. It was mostly just. I was a big film nerd. I was a big video game nerd. Those are my things. I love video games and I love m- movies a lot, a lot, well, a lot.
0: I want to talk to you about that stuff, but but you you mentioned that you didn't really uh, start getting seriously into guitar until later in high school. What made you put pen to paper and start songwriting? What was the spark for you to, to do uh,
1: that? You know, like it was like bands like Green Day and Weezer who like made me like decide to pick up a guitar and learn how to play it. But as far as like writing my own songs and trying to pursue it as like an actual like, you know, life movement, it was like once I started to dive deeper into what those bands had to offer, like like Green, like those are very good like starting points. But then when you dive deeper into like punk rock and you get into bands like Against Me, or uh, I got into Bond music industry mm-hmm. just like through diving into. The whatever punk ethos Green Day preached to me, or Rancid preached to me, you know what I'm saying? Because I was yeah. an impressionable kid, and I was moved by it all. Uh, those bands, like it was bands like Against Me and Bomb Music Industry, who kind of not only made me want to do it, but made me realize I could do it. If that makes sense.
0: Sure. And what um what is your what's your process like now when you sit down and start writing a song or an album? What what does your process entail?
1: Uh, It's pretty much the same as it's been since I wrote my first song, honestly. It, it's just like pretty isolated. Uh, I'll sit in my little home closet studio thing. Where I got my laptop set up and shit, and I'll just open up GarageBand or Pro Tools and just write a drum part, write a bass part, write two guitar parts and a vocal melody, and then I'll show it to the band, and they'll learn it and then later down the line i'll write some lyrics but yeah it's usually just me in a room by myself kind of i'll start usually it starts with an acoustic me and an acoustic guitar like kind of just like humming vocal melodies over chords and stuff and then i'll kind of uh, transpose it with a drum beat and a bass line and a lead guitar part and i'll put it all into GarageBand or pro tools or reason or whatever i'm using and then um Once I'm proud of it and content, I will show the band and teach it to them and they will kind of take those parts that I've written for them and make them their own and leave their own footprint and make it sound as Prince Daddy as possible. (laughs) So
0: you had mentioned film and video games was two big things for you growing up. Yeah. Uh, Favorite movie? Of all time. Of all time
1: uh this is a hard one but on the spot on the spot like this honestly if you ask me tomorrow my answer will probably be different but just for the sake of conversation i'll give you two ones that pop in my head immediately evil dead 2 and et
0: okay so i've got looking at right now right to my left i've got a whole setup of uh evil dead action figures so i i i I could appreciate that oh yeah
1: that shit. Uh, honestly, even the reboot they made, I thought was pretty, pretty fantastic.
0: I loved the reboot. Uh, it got a lot of shit, but I loved it. I feel like that's what Sam Rami would have done back in the day. Yes. Had, had Dude, I, technology I, been at that level.
1: I honestly, this this is probably blasphemous to say, but I, th- I like the reboot more than the first Evil Dead.
0: I'm, with, I'm 100% with you on that. I get shit for that all the time.
1: First Evil Dead is my least favorite of all four of them, honestly. Absolutely. It, I love it, but like it, it's not as like uh, monumental as, as the other three are. Like I honestly, the, the reboot for me is like one I watch on a normal basis. Like I love to show my friends that movie because it's just so outlandish. It starts I've, raining blood in that movie. Yo, it's fucking crazy. That's so it's sick. awesome. It's did you so watch?
0: <laughs> did you watch Ash vs Evil Dead?
1: I have watched. I think they put out a, the third season. They ended it, right? Yeah. I watched the first two seasons and I thought that was phenomenal as well. I love that show.
0: They did such a great job with it. Yeah. I mean, it was the perfect continuation Bruce is so good of everything.
1: At playing Bruce, it's crazy. Yep, that he's is so one million
0: percent Bruce Campbell being yes. Bruce Campbell.
1: Unfiltered Bruce Campbell. It's it, it, and he's so good at it. I've, yeah. I, I really, there's nothing that really compares to that energy for me in in, in film and and stuff like that. That's my vibe for sure.
0: Okay, video games. So I, I'm not a huge gamer, but I mean I I can appreciate it. What are some of your favorite video games to play or play as a kid? Do you still play now?
1: I, I still play games all the time, yeah. Um as a kid. Uh I was just about to break out into some 41 lyrics for a second. But I, I, I stopped myself. I totally stopped myself. I was literally this close to saying as a kid was a skin, no one knew me by name. But um, uh, I would say Sonic Adventure 2, uh, Donkey Kong 64. Um, there's plenty. Jack and Dax they're shit like that. I like platformers, Banjo-Kazooie. I I, I loved like collectathons. I loved I love playing games where you just you know, explore and collect shit. As a kid that was my favorite thing. Uh now I feel like I still love those games, but I've fallen more into like the story-based games. Like I loved The Last of Us, Red Dead Redemption. Okay. Uh right now currently I'm playing Resident Evil 7 and I'm loving it.
0: I haven't played. I played Red Dead Redemption. I played the first one. My buddy got me the set. Dan got me the second one the uh, day after my wedding, which was a year and a half ago. I haven't opened it. Um, you should
1: play it. It's great. I, haven't I That's been- what I, I hear. I'm so close to beating it. And Cameron, our guitar, is always giving me shit. He's like, just fucking beat the game already, Kord. Jesus <laughs> Christ. He's like, you're two missions away. Just fucking do it. And I'm like, I know. I know. I'm, I'm just putting it off. I don't want to beat it. I don't want yeah, to be over. Already- you don't want it to end. Yeah. <laughs>
0: As a kid, I always gravitated more like with every every uh, thing was Ninja Turtles. I mean, Turtles in Time. I must have played that game 100. Oh times. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Honestly, uh, that that's a game that me and my brother would would play too. Yeah, I, I would play Turtles in Time all the time. I'd, I, I we would beat that game like twice a week. Honestly,
0: I remember as a kid, we there was an arcade in uh, I think it was it's considered South Amboy, um, Rasmataz and uh, all my friends would have birthday parties there. And my mother would come and chaperone and her and I would end up playing Turtles in Time together. I wouldn't even hang out with the other kids. Her and I would just go to the, <laughs> the Turtles in Time uh, stand up and just play that for hours.
1: It was so sick. There was this one level in that game, the, the elevator level. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, one of you take one side, one of you take yep. – We got, got the shit, you know? Uh, no problem. Yo, that that shit, that was my shit. I love that game. I love that game a lot. There was also a Turtles game based on the 2004 cartoon –
0: Yes. Yeah. I don't remember the name of it. That was pretty good too.
1: I love that game. It was just a straight up just it honestly just felt like Turtles in Time in three D. It was just like a, a straight up like beat 'em up, like get yeah. from A to point B kind of game. There was nothing more to it. I like that game a lot. Me and my friends used to play that game a lot too.
0: I was at a round one, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with them. It's uh I, I'm assuming it's like a Dave and Busters um, right on. last month in Philly and me and two buddies they had a ninja turtle game it was based off of the 2012 cartoon but it was similar to that like 2003 game yeah just running around beating them up and, i mean it, it, it's nostalgia man right you're yeah. sitting there playing it and it just brings you back
1: yeah and every incarnation of the turtles it's like they're all different but they all have their own charm you know like even the nickelodeon one that you're talking about like the 2012 one like i'll put that show on i'm like damn this is really good like i i i I think it's just the characters that I gravitate towards, not not this, not like the specific um, incarnations. Like I think no matter what, sure. like even like Michael Bay's Ninja Turtles, like I will watch those and enjoy the shit out of them, even though I know the movies themselves suck. I just li- I just like watching, like I don't know, Donatella say stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: So like the first the first Michael Bay film, I, I really didn't enjoy that much. I mean, I didn't like the designs. For of them. Sure. I didn't Understand think the story that. was that great. But I I did. Go see the second one because it's turtles. I'll I'll shell out any kind of money to, to mm-hmm. see turtles and support it. Right. Uh, the second one was I, I really enjoyed it. It was more like the original cartoon. They I brought thought Bebop and Rex steady. Red yes, oh yeah, it had was. it just had that like ridiculous charm of the cartoon. Yes. It was very toyetic.
1: Out of the and, shadows. Though, is that, yep. Is that, oh, yeah, 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 I thought that movie was really cool.
0: And the, I, I, the interaction I, between
1: the
0: four, the four turtles, I mean, they really had a brotherhood and that was the best part of the movie was, was just them being brothers.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, honestly, my favorite incarnation of the turtles is the 2003, 2004, uh, the Fox box for kids TV. Mm-hmm. And that was I, a I great one cartoon. too.
0: They, I mean, especially in the beginning, early on, they, they took it. So, it was so close to the original comic. It was. was it was
1: honestly very close to the original yeah. comic books. Also, have you ever read the? Um, are you? Are you a comic book person?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I the IDW series. Yes. Oh, phenomenal!
1: Dude, honestly, I, that that might be my number one favorite incarnation of the turtles. I feel it's like so that, good. That is the best storytelling those characters have ever gotten. I feel. Can I, you
0: believe I, that this is the longest running consecutive turtle series too?
1: As far as It's crazy though. to think, but at the same time like it is crazy to think that, but at the same time it also is the best, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like it, it truly is the best. Like, like the fact that they had like the nerve to kill off a turtle yep. is so cool to me. Like and that's my favorite turtle too, so that's saying something. When they Donatello's off Donatello's your favorite? Oh, no question. Donatello is like my celebrity crush.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I'm a raft guy. I think personality-wise, really? yeah, I think I have a lot in common with Raph.
1: I um, think Donnie and Mike, for me.
0: I i mean, but, you know, like, as a kid, I was diehard Raph. I didn't want to hear about any of the other ones. And as, as I got older, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, you mature, you grow up a little bit. You start to find something about each one of them that you connect to. Yeah, and absolutely. I mean, they're, they're all just such great characters. And at the end of the day, they're brothers and they love each other and family. I mean, and that, that's... That's what it's all about.
1: Yeah, I agree. I
0: I, love the uh, 2012 series. I think that might, besides the original movie, the 1990 movie, which uh is a million times better than it had any right to be, with the exception of that movie, which still holds up today, Mm -hmm. I think 2012, you know, if we're talking, uh, you know... um, not you know medium wise not in a comic book or stuff like that i think that's the that's my favorite just Damn, right the off. writing was so well all the throwbacks to everything toys comics movies
1: there that's, was what everything love about, that. That. that's what i love about like how like the, there's like the, the incarnations always end but they always start again yeah and, and as, that's what's and great kind of fresh though characters like they kind of start fresh like they but then they take back all this stuff it's like you know how like With Star Wars, like, once Disney bought it, they retconned everything. Yeah. Then they started canonizing things that were retconned gradually. They started bringing them back in and stuff. And I feel like that's what's really beautiful about, like, the Ninja Turtles, where, like, there's, like, probably, like, over ten different timelines of Ninja Turtles, like, different incarnations of them. Sure. They always, like, you can always look forward to them, like, bringing in familiar aspects. Like, like... Like, even in the live action ones, like, sure, Bebop and Rocksteady aren't there. But, like, Toka and Reza are clearly the fill-ins for that. You know what I'm saying?
0: And, I mean, I think people get hung up because, you know, you grow up with this stuff. You have such a love for it and, and nostalgia and all that. You know, you see the new incarnation of it. And right now it's Rise of the TMNT. And it's it's not for me. I've watched it. I didn't enjoy it. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, though, because you know what? I'm not the target audience for that, but the great thing about it is that it's keeping the franchise alive and continuing it. So right. kids are being exposed to it. Kids are going to yeah. grow up with Ninja Turtles, and they're going to pass that on down to their kids,
1: and it and keeps that's on going.
0: And that's, that's what's like, important.
1: That was the thing that was important to me because, like, if it wasn't for the 2003 series, I probably wouldn't have even gotten into them. You know, because I'm only 23 right now.
0: So it's Jesus, like, Jesus, oh my God, you're a fucking baby. Yeah. Oh not, my I, God. Honestly,
1: I'm not even going to fuck I get it. Like, but it's just like, if it wasn't for the two thousand like that, that was in my prime time of watching of like action cartoons. You know? So it's like that concept that you're describing is even important, was even like crucial to me enjoying the Ninja Turtles as like a little kid, you know?
0: I mean, I got into it. I was born in 88. I'm 31. So I remember in, and I just, I just talked, talked about this on the last episode I recorded. I uh, I was coming home from my grandmother's house when we stopped in Blockbuster. Did, mm-hmm. Were you? A, was there Blockbuster when you were born? Yeah, <laughs> Do you remember yeah.
1: Blockbuster? I remember Blockbuster also, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: totally. And uh, they had the the first like VHS for them, which was the first few episodes of the '87 cartoon. Uh
1: huh.
0: And I I mean, just the cover of it, you see these big fucking hulking turtles on it. And I was like, I don't know what the hell this is, but I got to see this. Yeah, and it, I mean, it, the next day, my dad took me out. We bought every toy we could find. I ended up having every Ninja Turtle figure, and then getting they took me to cool see. They took me to see Secret of the Ooze in theaters. And That was the first movie I remember going to the theater to see. Damn, what and a mess. dude, when they jump out from the staircase yep. at the beginning and the title card comes nope. up, dude, nope. I sunk into my chair. It was like the most awe-inspiring thing I'd ever seen. Here are God, these characters. Man. Oh God! <laughs> and can you believe, dude? They weren't even allowed to use their fucking weapons in that movie. Dude,
1: literally, literally, and like Leonardo and Raphael, the ones with bladed weapons, do not use them on enemies once in that entire movie.
0: Dude, that all got, That was all the parents complaining at the time. What's the point of having swords? It. <laughs> Leo threw him into the fucking ceiling and and
1: hung on them That's what thing that, Fucking yeah, kicked the, the, kick the, yeah. the punk. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's I, what I they mean, had swords for to stick them in the ceiling.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> you you got into it with the 2003 series? Did you collect the toys at all?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yes. I had so many. I had so many. I had the old ones too because my brother. My brother's 28. My brother's either 28 or 29 right now. So like. Those even got yeah the
0: original ones,
1: yeah, those got passed down to me too, so i I had so many turtles honestly i i was I was very, very big into those characters that's not it's not a bit when I sing about the turtles, that's a real thing i I am super super into ninja turtles
0: that's. Ninja Turtles have inspired so much about my life which it sounds a little ridiculous but it's true I mean I took martial arts as a kid I became a black belt because of Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) you know yeah it's just and I mean so many fond memories of just just my mother and playing Turtles in Time with her and playing all the video games with her and, and her buying me the toys and uh a few years ago, I don't know if you're familiar with the toy company NECA. They put out uh, collectibles, you know, based on all the shit we've been talking about: ET, Evil Dead, Ninja Turtles. That picture you uh, you messaged me about a few weeks ago with the turtles on the subway; those are the NECA figures from the original movie. Yeah. Um, a few years ago at Comic Con, they had released these two four packs of the original arcade figures. Like they were they were figures inspired by the original arcade games. They were all pixelated and everything and uh at the time my mother you know she had been diagnosed with um with lung cancer earlier that year and you know and she's thank god knock on wood, she's all good now but getting those figures it. and and you know the connection of playing those games with her i mean it, it brings you to tears yeah. and it's just it it's just unbelievable and that that's what i love about toys i mean i know yeah, you you were a little nervous about coming on here cuz it's you know toying around you think it's all going to be about toys and shit but no 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 being able to
1: there's a certain connection you make oh dude absolutely not even just the ninja turtles just just to uh just you know there's certain youthful energy that um the older you get the further removed you you are from it but like you it's something that will always be like um a formative part of a absolutely of, the th- of 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 what you of your appreciation for life you know and
0: you know as you get older I mean maybe not in the case of you and I hope you never lose this and I don't think you will being doing what you do with music and all that you mm-hmm. you, you don't get to be as creative with certain things as you get older I mean I'm, I'm a teacher and you would think well you're creating these lessons and you're doing that but you know education and it's all another fucking story education today but you, you almost have to follow these scripts they take the creativity yeah. out of it but you know being able to look at this stuff being able to do this podcast you know it's it's kind of my creative album and it yeah it to me it keeps me young i don't know
1: yes so. no, no i totally feel i mean that i i wouldn't i would say the same thing for prince daddy like like it's 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 what i used to keep me uh to keep me excited, to keep me enthusiastic about um, whatever's in front of me at the time, you know?
0: Besides Turtles, was there anything else that you collected or you played with action figure-wise?
1: I mean, whatever movie was coming out at the time. Like, I'm trying to think. Let's see. Um, I I was never, like, a G.I. Joe, Transformer, Power Ranger person. Okay. Out of that stuff, Ninja Turtles was the only thing that I, like, really, really was into like i had like action figures of like whatever current movies were out like i guarantee i had like monsters inc action figures sure. i had like uh uh I'm trying to think of other like young adult movies not like pixar movies or children movies um there's definitely more
0: like superhero laws on like Marvel stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. there Batman, you go. And yeah. things yeah,
1: like yes, that. Absolutely. I had I had so many Marvel action figures on it. I Marvel was a big thing. I had um fuck, what was it? There was video games. That, um I had Sonic. Oh. Sonic, Sonic. Yeah, I had a lot of Sonic. Sonic and Knuckles and stuff. Did you see the movie? The new one?
0: Yeah. Sonic. I have,
1: yeah, I heard. I heard it actually wasn't as terrible as people were anticipating it being.
0: That's what I heard too.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind. I'm. I'm honestly kind of excited to make a plan to go see that sometime. In the nice. next place. Yeah.
0: Um. What you know, you're talking about E. T. and Evil Dead. Uh. Mm-hmm. What genres of movie do you tend to gravitate towards? Horror and sci-fi, action.
1: Horror. Um, I'm a. I'm a huge horror buff. Really. A hundred percent. That's like my second passion behind. And music and honestly not even that far behind like i i it's like right up there like i love horror movies as much as i love i love uh i love evil dead 2 as much as i love green day's greatest Hits. well i my guest on the last show
0: was a guy named mike trinacosta he's part Mm -hmm. of a company called dark hills events right on if you if you have a facebook or anything like that look them up um they run hills dark hills events got you they run these 24-hour immersive horror experiences.
1: That's badass. So
0: That's- it's like an escape room outdoors for almost the full fucking
1: day. It's like one so, of the really intense haunted houses.
0: Oh um, my! It's beyond any haunted house I've ever been to. So I'm a huge horror fan. Okay. okay. So yeah. the first, the first one I went to, we went with because similar to you i don't i'm i'm social i can be socially awkward i don't like to be in big groups or anything like that i get a little anxiety from it yeah. um i got a group of family and friends we went to this one they were running them in north jersey but i think they're expanding to different areas now and it was a friday the 13th event and you get there about noon and they train you and they tell you how the event's going to go how to survive the night and then you basically you know sun sundown and then the event starts. Jason came out of the fucking water at one of the events. Oh, the literally Friday. Came, oh, literally Friday. He came out of the fucking water and started I hunting you down.
1: It was Friday the 13th, like the day.
0: Well, not all of them. Um, They've done, they've run different events. They did a Pennywise one. They did a Dude, scream yeah, one. So cool. They did a Halloween one.
1: Now, is it immersive in the sense that like, can they like touch you? Like, yes. can they? You around? Oh, they
0: kill, yeah, they kill you. They toss you around. You know, they, they teach you that how to so like cool. how to respond to it and everything, um, and how to you know how to hold them so that you don't get hurt, um, and you we're you basically like, have to solve clues to figure out how to defeat whoever you're going so up cool.
1: against. That's have you ever played the Friday th- the Thirteenth game? You were saying you yeah, That's awesome.
0: I did. I did buy that though because Friday Thirteenth, big fan.
1: Dude, that game I played <laughs> that game for a long time. Like I would play that game like daily. I was a passionate player of that game for a second.
0: They actually rent, they're renting out, um, I think it's called Camp Daniels or Camp Danielson in -hmm. Georgia, which is where they filmed, I think part six and they're running an event there. The best one in July. Part six is my
1: favorite Friday movie.
0: Oh, if you got nothing to do that day in July, maybe you take it right (laughs) down there and uh, join in on this. It's awesome. I mean, I've been to a a bunch of them now. Uh, Yeah. Definitely check them out, and if, if you're into horror, I mean, it doesn't get any better than this. Besides yeah. being an actor in a movie, this is as close mm-hmm. you're gonna get.
1: That seems scary as fuck, honestly. It's
0: it's so fucking cool though, dude.
1: Yeah, no, that sounds that sounds really dope, honestly. Um, <clears throat>
0: so, uh, all right, Evil Dead. What are some of your other favorite horror movie? My all-time favorite, any day of the week, I'll put up a Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three: Dream. Three, baby. Guess anything. Yep,
1: that's the one. That was that. That was the next movie I was gonna say.
0: Best one. That and The Exorcist are my all-time favorites.
1: i said say Evil Dead 2, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Friday 6, um... Hold up. I have this app on my phone called Letterboxd. I keep track of the movies I watch because I have a bad memory. Um... um let's see here. <clears throat> trying to think of some other ones that aren't like 80 slashers like that like i love *Hereditary*. hereditary was really frightening to me i like
0: *Hereditary* too
1: yeah that movie was really great i loved get out i'm trying to think of some recent ones it follows did you see it follows
0: i loved it follows the soundtrack to that you know was unbelievable yep. i think it added i think it was probably a, a pretty mediocre movie but the the soundtrack and everything added so much to it that it uh, elevated the
1: soundtrack, it. <laughs> the soundtrack to that movie was really really special for me too. uh that got me into um,
0: did you see us
1: us yeah I, I think jordan peele's kind of a genius honestly so
0: i i saw get out and i liked it i didn't love it i thought it was all right uh-huh. but us i I've, i must have watched us five or six times uh, okay. i can't get enough of it i feel like every time i watch it i pick something else out of it
1: yes i, I agree i'm the same way with that movie Have you ever seen reanimator yes love that movie. There's this like horror sci-fi like cosmic horror movie called Event Horizon that I
0: yes oh my god
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my god Event Horizon
1: the aesthetic of that movie is like like right up my alley like that like I could just watch that movie like three times in a row and never get
0: excellent seen. movie
1: yeah and, and it reminds me of the the ga- the games Dead Space you ever played Dead mm-hmm.
0: Space I haven't but I'm familiar
1: with them it's it's the same exact thing honestly it's it's essentially an Event Horizon video game it's really sick. But yeah, those are, those are the kinds of movies I like.
0: So before I let you go, I don't want to keep you too long before I let you go. Um, you've been pretty open in interviews and stuff that you, you know, you, you suffer from anxiety. I saw you did a, you're doing a and a on Instagram. I guess it was last week and people were talking to you about that. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, how do you deal with that? What, you know, especially in the industry that you're in, you know, what is it that you, you know how are you dealing how are you able to overcome that on a daily basis
1: well i mean in a in a literal direct sense there's i mean therapy and and medicine and stuff you know but um as far as like actual like like real life uh you know coping mechanisms um how do i deal with it can you be more a little bit more specific? Like, in what scenarios do you mean exactly? Because I, I mean, yeah. I I feel this I I I feel anxiety like all day, every like throughout the day. You know, so sure. I so
0: like, what anxiety. so what what how do you go on with all that? I mean, if you, how how bad is your anxiety? Is it to the point where you don't want to leave the house some days? Yeah. What do you do to push you to to walk out of the front door?
1: Um, I mean, some days I can't to be totally honest, like, like some, some days. No, I
0: appreciate the honesty. I yeah. really do. Yeah. I mean, I think this is, you know, this is a serious problem in our, yeah. you know, our country and, and it, you know, kind of gets swept under the rug. I, I teach, and I'm a special education teacher and I'm, I'm sure. working with kids that have all sorts of disorders. And, you know, I've been working with one kid for years that has crippling anxiety to the, yeah, point, really- where, to the point where he does his homework and he's afraid to turn it in mm-hmm. and it's right. And, and I don't yell, I don't yell at my kids or anything like that. And to see him be so upset and so nervous about handing something as silly as like a vocabulary assignment in, I mean, I couldn't imagine living like that. So mm-hmm. you're you're this public figure, and I you know I don't want to put the spotlight on you like that and like you're put you different. under a microscope, but you're out there. You're you're a very public figure. You're putting on these shows. You're you're and I'm I mean, in an industry that's so personal. I mean,
1: I think it's, it's different you. as a show. I think it's different on a show. I feel feel like my anxiety definitely sparks up, uh, 99% more when I'm home where, when I, when I'm on tour, it's, um, I feel like I have, there's that outlet where I, I can get, uh, everything out that I need to get out. You know, like I have, I have a, um, this funnel when I'm on stage that I can like sift all my feelings through and then, uh, I don't know like I I don't really feel social anxiety at, sh- at, at, like a prince daddy show that often because I mean I do I'm not not to say I don't feel it but it's less uh I have control over it more because um I don't know like I I want to I want people to know that I'm willing to talk to them after the set like I I I I don't want people to think like Oh, I'm not going to go up to him and talk to him because I don't want to bother him. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I never yeah. want people to have that, that perception of me. Like I want people to know that like, if you come up to me and like compliment me or tell me like that the set was good or tell me that like, I don't know, like cosmic thirsty got you through like a hard part of your life, whatever, something, you know, something like that, something along those lines. Like that's really special and important to me. So like, I don't want to see, I don't ever want to give off the impression that like, I'm not receptive of that because I am always receptive of that. So I, so I definitely am more in control of my anxiety in those positions because it's important to me that people know that I'm appreciative of um, the position I, I, I've I, been given.
0: I, I think, you know, like you, you said a minute ago that there's days you feel like you can't leave the house. Mm-hmm. So for when- you to be able to do that, it shows, shows how strong of a person you are.
1: Uh, that, that really, really truly means the world to me, dog. Thank you.
0: No, thank you. I mean, like I said, the point of this, and I, I didn't want to get too into it with you, I, you know, but I, and I asked you before we went on, if you were okay with me bringing it up because yeah. there's so many people that suffer from it, man. And to see somebody that's overcoming it, even if it's, it might not be every day, but I mean, fuck, you're here every day right. and you're, you're doing something and you're getting out there and that, that's awesome and that's the kind of shit that people need to hear that even if you're going through something you could still you know it's not always as bad as it seems and you could fucking overcome it even if it's just a small victory you got to take them and you got to fucking let them push you forward
1: fuck yes fuck yes 100 percent, fuck yes It, it, it is I mean like honestly like I've come to the point in my life when I've kind of just accepted like it's not about it's not about getting rid of the anxiety, you know, because I don't I think I think, uh, it, it might be part of my identity now. Like I feel, sure. I feel like it might be like part of the way my brain is wired, you know. And it's it's, it's not about, it's not about like coming getting up- rid of it. It's yeah, about it's coping about. with it. Exactly. It's it's about accepting <laughs> accepting it as who is as, as as something you live with that you can coexist with and uh live with uh healthily you know there's a Absolutely, way to a way to live with it healthily without like just like pretending it's not there
0: dude brother thank you so much for taking the time to talk about that and, and uh just yeah, of course Doc. sitting down yeah. with me for the past hour and a half or whatever it's been uh i i can't thank you enough i i know dan's been busting my balls you guys are playing in march in brooklyn right yes yes we are it's on a sunday though it's a little tough for me but uh, <laughs> I, I wanna get out to one of your shows. I wanna I wanna meet you face to face. Yeah,
1: I would love to. I would love to um
0: meet you. so hopefully maybe if not that show, you know, hopefully I catch you sometime soon and we could, you know, do this again. We're not um, stopping anytime soon. I I would hope not, dude, especially after uh Cosmic Thrill Seekers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But
0: uh, I wanna end it on that. We we were ending this on a pretty powerful note. So thank you again, Corey. Guys, Thanks. if you have not checked out Prince Daddy and the hyena and cosmic thrill seekers give them a listen. I'm going to, I'm going to put your, you know, your pages on in the post for this on Facebook. Um, you know, and just thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for being you. And thank you for being so open to everything. Cause whether or not you realize it, man, especially at 23 years old, fuck, you know, the difference you're, you're making in people's lives, you may not feel like it now, but you know, you're going to have people coming up to you and just, I'm sure you do already and just thanking you for doing what you do, for putting yourself out there, putting yourself out through music and just helping people get, get through day-to-day life. So thank you so much for all that. That
1: that means the world truly. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bullshitting you. That really does mean so much to me. Thank you. I have a smile on my face right now and I appreciate those words. I'm glad
0: brother. And and, uh, hopefully when I see you in person, we'll be smiling too.
1: Yes, I'm sure we will.
0: Thanks man. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Toying Around. Thank you, Corey. Check out Prince Daddy and the Hyena and i'll i'll see you next week probably probably not i'm fucking lazy what <laughs> we do thank you
1: peace out thank you for having me of course bye